Alright, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. Alright, people, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe. You know here at the cafe, we always have a conversation centered around the drink. And today I moved back to one of my old cups. I used to have this um, some time ago. But anyhow, it is a penicillin is what I'm drinking on. That is a whiskey-based drink courtesy of the little Bartesian machine over there. And as always, so that I can stay hydrated and um, balance the liquor in my liver, I always have H2O. Boom, 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 right there in my trusted cup. All right. And today I am joined in a cafe for the first time, um, allegedly a listener of the podcast, but it is Umberto. Say hello, Umberto. Hello, everybody. All right. Are you excited to be here for the first time? Yeah, a little nervous, but excited. Okay. And are you excited even more to be in the D.C. area for a little while? Yeah, I love it here. Okay. And um, why you... <laughs> it's a little nerve-wracking. It's my first time being on camera like this. Why you sound like uh, you get an interview for ABC News or... <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like I am. Am I not? <laughs> Oy, bendito. All right. So we are on an episode. We're going to do an episode. This episode, um, don't know the number because I don't know when it's going to come out. But this episode is actually going to be called um, <laughs> I Ain't Spanish. <laughs> and I'll tell you why we 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 kind of named that here. All right. So um, first and foremost, Umberto, you want to tell the people where you're from? Sure, yes. So I'm born and raised. Well, actually, sorry, let me start over. I was born in Mexico, but I was raised in Oregon and specifically live in Portland, Oregon now. And I've been living there for 10 years. So I would say that I'm an Oregonian, um, even though I was born somewhere else. So I was going to say Organo, but is or what is it? <laughs> Oregonian. Oregonian? That's what y'all call yourself for real? That's what they call... Yeah, that's what they call us, I guess. Um, well, you should just focus on being called a Portlandian. Sure. Yeah. And um, tell me, do you watch the show Portlandia? Um, recently, I've watched a few more episodes, but I cannot say that I'm an avid fan of the show. Now, you know I love that show. Yeah, you do. Or you know I w almost watch it almost every day. And it's, I, it's got some funny parts, but it's not for me. I can see, I can see why people would like it that aren't from Portland specifically. Okay. Anyhow, all right. So let's talk about this particular episode. So this episode was born on a Sunday. Actually, this last Sunday we were here um, in the D.C. area doing a late B Day celebration for me, my friend. Um, who y'all have heard on the podcast several times, Jay wanted to take me out for um, brunch. So we all went to brunch. So shout out to Jay for brunch. Great little place. What was the name of it? Do you remember? Something with an A. Allah. Allah. Allah Coffee and More. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In DC. Very, very good restaurant. 
um they kept complaining about the like the 90 minutes uh well i guess they wasn't really complaining because we were there longer than 90 they kept minutes. reminding us that yeah. it was 90 minutes yeah 90 minutes and it was unlimited brunch but let me tell you how it's not really unlimited <laughs> it's not unlimited food people so you get breakfast no you get a starter you get a f- regular meal what is that called? It's like a three-course meal. Three-course meal. So you get a starter, then you get the main dish, and then you get dessert. What did you think about the food? The food was good. Portions could be bigger, but the food was good. But the I like the unlimited drinks because I also I actually like mimosas, and y'all didn't like mimosas, but the mimosas for me, I could keep drinking. And these were the type where they actually bring you the champagne, place it on the table, and yeah, then I you like mix that. it yourself. And you want to tell the people how many... Um, bottles you <laughs> partook in on that particular day? Um, I will not disclose how many <laughs> bottles I had. But let's just say I made my $44 unlimited <laughs> brunch worth it. All right. So here's how this started. I don't even know. I think we were walking down the street or we were at another bar after brunch. And I said something. Do you remember? Um, I don't remember the exact the exact moment where this idea of having the conversation came up. But I remember it happened a few times prior to that time when you were like, we should talk about this on the podcast. Okay, then tell tell the folks what you remember about the prior. I remember um, just you saying something around like, like, oh, you Spanish people do this or like that or something. No, like that. I did not say that. Wasn't you that? Spanish people. I said, <laughs> I called you Spanish. Oh, and, you, maybe and you I said, said something like you're Spanish. So. Yeah, and I said, why don't you like this? You're Spanish. Oh, that sounds about right. Yes. So uh, retract like, like, that like, for, like, for these people start sending me letters <laughs> saying that I'm saying you people. <laughs> I just remember it being a pointed question. And then you got um, pretty animated in your response. And so what 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 is your response to that? And why don't why why did that that kind of automatically turned something on for you um yeah definitely um i definitely got animated because it made me feel some type of way being called spanish um because i'm not spanish spanish people are people who are from spain and i know oftentimes people in the u.s refer to to latinos or people who speak spanish um as spanish and that has never landed with me because I don't identify as Spanish. And actually, like, you know, Spaniards are the colonizers of a lot of Latin American, I think, most Latin American countries. So, um, it you know, that, that history to me was like, I was triggered by it a little bit. So, I that's why I responded like that. And um, with folks in your family, do they kind of share the same sentiment that you share to to your knowledge or is this based upon like you've been educated on this concept or you just always felt that way that you didn't want to be called Spanish oh no I did not always feel that way I definitely don't think that other folks in my in my immediate family at least that I've had conversations with don't wouldn't probably respond to being called Spanish in that way and I think the way that I responded was definitely based on my formal education like high school college and sort of the classes that I took that exposed me to like that history, you know, or understanding that history in a more critical way. So that's why I responded that way. And what about for folks just for edification and education purposes? I get what you're saying, right? And I think I immediately 
got what you're saying, but you do speak Spanish and I know that may sound stupid, right? So there are going to be people who may view that as an oxymoron that you are so gun ho about saying, I'm not Spanish, but yet you're speaking the language. How do you respond to that? Or what, 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 what would be your reaction? Um, yeah. So my first, my immediate reaction would be, you don't call people by the language that they speak. So that would be the first. And then I would probably try to educate someone as to like why that's not accurate or like what i guess i would probably like ask like what they mean by that and then i would probably educate or like try to raise some information okay but what about the term hispanic does that give you the same like ugh? not the same ugh, but definitely an ugh. <laughs> okay so why not the same ugh, but definitely an ugh? um i don't think it's it's on it's not an inaccurate term but it's not a term that i like Okay, why? Um, <laughs> because to me, and th th I know that this is just like a very different experience that probably other Latinos have, or you know, people who are from Latin American countries or Spanish-speaking countries. So first, let me I guess let me break down th what that term really means. That Hispanic is referencing people who speak English or who speak Spanish and who live in the US. I think specifically people who are from Spanish speaking countries. I should be more specific about that. But it, to me, I don't really relate to that word. Um, just in my experience, I feel like I probably at some point growing up, I did use that term and you know, it was a very common word to be identifying as in like, I don't know, back in the day when I was little. But now after being again educated and just kind of learning about like what it means for me to claim the term latino and really embracing like my my um mexican identity and my culture and my indigenous identity i really became like more inclined to use the word latino to, as an identifier for myself and and, and also let me clear clarify that that term for me changes and like where I use it, if that makes sense. Okay, so let me let me make sure I I accurately can parrot what I hear you say. The word Spanish creates a uh for you because it refers to or it symbols or signifies that that's the language that individuals speak. So, for instance, when there you go to some African countries and they might speak Swahili, you don't refer to those folks as Wahilian, right? Because that's the language that they speak. So for you, what I hear you say is that that term place you in a box of based upon you speaking a certain language, but that language also came from a group of indiv individuals who you refer to as a colonizer. Yeah. Like people that harmed others in my country. And then the term Hispanic for you is a less of a, uh, but it's still a, uh, so I guess it's not a uh, but it's like a uh. Yeah, just because personally I don't use it to identify. All right. As that. And so the term, you also said that for you is a term that has been used in the United States to refer to individuals who come from speaking um, countries. And I think the first time that it was actually used on a census was in around 1976, right? Yeah. Because there were a group of individuals who were 
um, wanted to capture kind of the same concept of what you were that they were because I think before they just called them Spanish um, and they wanted to capture that you needed to have a term that would capture people from Latin speaking countries mm-hmm. and that's more than just Spain that includes Mexico that includes Puerto Rico even though Puerto Rico is a, a um, American colony well we, we don't call it that we call it a, a, a territory territory and then there's like um, <laughs> Venezuela and all these other places, right? That right. People migrate here and then they speak um, Spanish. All right. And then um, it wasn't until I think 2000, I'm looking at some documentation or some research that we did. It wasn't until 2000 that they introduced the term Latino. Now, is that on the census? Because you felt out the census. Yeah, the census has, oh, I just hit the mic, has a um, Hispanic or Latino yeah his yeah his it's so the census has six main racial categories and then for each category that whatever category you check there's a sub section to check are you Hispanic or Latino Latina and then so it the census tracks both all right now can you theoretically to your recollection can you theoretically select both hispanic or latino or is it one or the other it's, it's one it's like one option so it's one option altogether yeah so you know how it says like asian or pacific islander yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that yeah, yeah so in essence they're not really tracking i guess they put that on there not for the purposes of trying to track those individuals who identify as hispanic versus latino but I guess to give this comfortability so that people who would who speak Spanish but don't identify as Hispanic can still select. Right. Right. Um, that Now, what do you by chance, what do you put as your racial selection? Because, you know, you got to do one and then the other. Just... Well, I know what you're trying to pick at this. And I'll be very honest that it could be problematic to some. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I am indigenous from Oaxaca, Mexico. My people are Mixteco, and that's also the, my family's um, native tongue. And I, again, through education and just like my own racialization in the U.S., I have now progressed through several categories that I checked. Not several, actually mainly just white. But then I was like, why am I checking white? And then, you know, I mentioned there's six and Hispanic Latino is not a race, but it's also really hard for I would I mean I wouldn't speak for anybody but I'll speak for myself that it's hard for me to find one of those six racial categories with which I identify or feel like I fit in Um, and so just acknowledging my own indigenous um, culture and my becoming comfortable and like feeling really empowered with within my identity I started recently I think the last census really I started picking um American Indian and it's American Indian or Alaskan native is particularly the, the category that I chose. Okay. Now, um, and, and why do you feel that that's an appropriate category? Because you're technically not indigenous to the area. And we had this conversation Yeah. and when we were in Albuquerque, I introduced you to one of my friends who is a native American. We kind of began that conversation do you haven't had that conversation in Albuquerque? Do you still feel like you fit more in that category? Why not not select any of them? Um, well, you have to choose one of them. Why? 
Well, I mean, unless I don't fill out the census and then I'm not being like considered in the the census, which is really important because that's how resources get allocated. That's how people track data of like where communities live. So if I don't fill out the census, there's I know that it's not maybe not the most accurate information for the context of the U.S., but looking at the name American Indian, I'm technically part of, the, of an American Indian category because that's a very broad category. It's not it does. Like, I don't know, like, I'm sure people have different opinions, but like Mexico is North America. <laughs> it, it says, it, it, it's, is uh, it North America? Yeah, it is North America. I know my, right? Yeah, it is. But it says American Indian. So you, but you're taking it as the Americas, because technically that would also include South America. I, I do, and I know that it's very well. First of all, let me also say, like, I wasn't asking your your friend um, to speak on all native people, and I don't think I don't think that I don't think that that's you know like that's not what I'm doing. Again, I'm just speaking from my experience. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm doing. But um, she didn't necessarily like disagree with me picking the box. She was just like open to understanding and at least I didn't hear any verbal disagreement. She's probably been like, oh, that beep beep. But I'm sure that she probably did see a little bit of to where I was coming. But um, anyways, that conversation itself, I thought was a really good conversation. And then, um, wait, what was the, what was the question? <laughs> I don't know. Cause you're over there drinking that tequila um, sunrise or whatever the hell that is. Okay, but I want to stay on that for a moment. Then we're going to move back to some of the other okay. topics. I know you didn't think I was going to bring this up, but you know. Oh, I knew you was coming. We we, we at the bar, baby. That's the way we roll. Okay, so <laughs> foundationally, the same reason that you kind of, kind of um, have that visceral reaction to being placed in as a Spanish and as Spanish, right? And sort of kind of Hispanic because you more so identify as Latino versus the other two categories. But I guess when I had the conversation with you, my issue with it is this, is that um, I do have family members who are native, right? Mm -hmm. But I also, through education, particularly when I was in law school, I learned a lot about Mm -hmm. it because I actually did the Indian law certificate as well at UNM or did most of the the, the classes but I didn't finish the certificate mm-hmm. um, but the reality is is that a lot of individuals including Alaska natives which is why they had to put that category on there that they actually had to fight go through the Supreme Court over mm-hmm. and over and over to get that to be recognized and there are a lot of individuals particularly like in Albuquerque right who are in Pueblos and it took mm-hmm. them years of fighting to be recognized by the federal government that they are indigenous to the United States of America. And mm-hmm. the census is only about the United States of America, not the Americas, because Mexico is technically his own country. So that's why for me, mm-hmm. it kind of caused me to have that conversation with you. But I also understand that for you, you resonate more with the concept of that it is signifying that you are indigenous and being white is not indigenous because you don't identify as being mm-hmm. white. Um, and that's fundamentally a flaw in our system, right? Because it doesn't necessarily capture. Now, I also get your point about, well, if you don't pick something on a race category that maybe you won't be counted. But 
just don't fill it out online. Fill it out on paper. <laughs> and, on, it out. <laughs> and only and only select Hispanic Latino. You can't. No, uh, yes, you can. It, it it doesn't stop you from filling out the rest of that form if you do it by paper. Uh, or I, isn't I, there other? I thought they added an other on the I race would, category this maybe, last time. You might be right. I would think I should probably revisit. Um, and you know, again, those those um, racial categories, as you mentioned, like are not accurate. They lump a bunch of people with very different experiences. Very, you know, like not all. Like even just like Asian and Pacific Islander, those are two very different, like l- l- really huge groups being lumped into one. So these boxes are all problematic. They're, you know, years of advocacy from a lot of these communities to get those groups recognized and still white people are in charge trying to determine what is actually like, you know, what we need to measure and all that stuff. So these aren't perfect and they're inherently the problem. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So according to the census.gov, we have the category of white we have the category of black or African-American. And even in that category, there's problems with that mm-hmm. because there are individuals who don't identify as African-American. There's African-Americans who don't identify as black. Um, and this, you know, here, there, and whatever. And then there's American Indian and Alaska Native, which is identified as a person having origins in any of the black, oh, excuse me, I'm looking at black. A person having origins in any of the original peoples of North and South America. So technically you're right. I knew I was right. Um, including Central America and who maintains tribal affiliation or community attachment. This category includes people who indicate the race as American, Indian, Alaska, Native, or report entries such as Navajo Nation, Blackfeet Tribe, Mayan, Aztec, Native Village of there you go. Uh, Barro, and Abiata, and Nubiat. Uh, I, don't, I know. don't know. Traditional government or um, non Eskimo community. So there you go. Wow. But cheers to that. Cheers to that. But still, I disagree <laughs> with it. But, but again, they're not. They're not. Be- I don't. Be- they're be- not because intended be- to provide okay. a solution. Okay, wait. Because this is going back to your thing about resources. Because they don't yeah. count. I I honestly don't think they. I think they identify them as American Indian or Alaskan Indian, and that's how they really categorize them. All these other aspects of it, I really don't think it. It's how they allocate the funds, but go ahead. What are you about to say? Well, I was just going to say that, you know, I didn't study tribal law. I've been learning a lot about tribal law through my current work, but I did do a lot of indigenous studies in college. And that's really where I found my pride in my indigenous identity. And that's through people who were my professors who were native. One professor who was native in particular, who told me like, why aren't you bringing this up to at the forefront of your work? And so for me, like that acknowledgement from a Native American person who was very like grounded in urban indigenous communities and organizing and and preservation of culture and celebration, like it ignited something in me that I was like, yeah, why am I trying to like not make that a part of my identity and or not not celebrate that as a part of my identity? Um, And just also for a clarification, one of the reasons why I mentioned earlier that I don't feel comfortable choosing white even though you know spanish people colonized um latin america and mexico in particular like i don't identify as that because my family is like 99 percent mixteco so i don't like 
my history, my culture, like all of it has not been ever been surrounded around whiteness until I moved to the U.S. and was introduced to that idea. Actually, yeah, I can't. You do live in Portland. You do know that as white is white. Yeah. And also, let me take that back. Whiteness <laughs> is still in Mexico. So um, it's, it's just what I wasn't I wasn't introduced to it yet until I was in the U.S. Okay. Well, it seemed like, see, we were able to get some kind of clarity yes. on our varying positions. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> I mean, I still stand by what I said, particularly, in rega- particularly because I, I uh, do. I let forgot me, what I was going to say. No, no. I do oh, think yeah, it's okay. important that people recognize the, that their Complexities. Well, no. I do think it's important that people recognize the difficulties that Native Americans, particularly Native Americans that are indigenous to the United States encounter every day, right? Because they fight every day with water rights. They fight every day with the ability to be sovereign in their decision-making with respect to the individuals that they have who live within their territory. They fight every day to be able to still instill their traditions mm-hmm. into the everyday societal expectations that we have. Um, and so I think as a person who was pretty heavily involved with individuals in the community in Albuquerque, particularly that's what I did my, mm-hmm. um, we had to do, it's called, um, clinic. Every law student had to go through clinic where you had to pick something. And in that process, you did actual legal work as a law student to learn the aspect. And I purpose purposely chose, um, the Indian law clinic because I wanted to understand the uniqueness of the complexities that they particularly deal with. But to your point about complexities of individuals and complexities with identity, it's the same thing applies as well from my perspective. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I was going to say like earlier when I was talking about my work that I did in, in my undergrad, um, there's a lot of urban indigenous community members that aren't enrolled in a tribe and you know, like, the whole registration thing is also a whole problem in the U.S. in particular, um, to my knowledge, at least. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure like other countries are have those similar dynamics. Um, but um, a lot of the urban indigenous folks, like even though they're not like recognized as tribal members, they still check that box in. I, well, I'm assuming that they would if they're like participating in Indian education programs or, you know, participating in their own ways of. Uh, of celebrating their culture so i feel like that's just kind of important information that i kind of have to say it's not just about like federally recognized tribes it's also about like urban indigenous community members that aren't necessarily affiliated with the tribe but it still are indigenous to um wait what are you talking about just people who aren't tribally affiliated Mm -hmm. aren't registered and aren't recognized by the federal government as being tribal people Mm -hmm. but are still indigenous people and they might not be living in a tribe reservation or whatever but like they're still indigenous people and just because they're not registered doesn't mean that they're not indigenous people well no i i i never said that no but i'm just i just wanted to say that like not like there's not just like tribal people that are filling out this um or tribal affiliated people that are filling out the census. Are oh, you like going? You still on the census thing? We just we just went through. Oh, it. did we, we close we, it? Okay. We, we agree that it's available for individuals who 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 come from indigenous. Sorry. I just wanted to aspects. make that other clear. 
Okay, you over here going. But I also do want to say, like, I did hear you say something about, like, it's really hard for Native people in the U.S., but really Native people all over the world are struggling with in different ways in their countries. So I just want to say that because, like, you know, people are fighting everywhere for, like, protecting water, protecting the Amazon forest. In my own community, in my own country, like, indigenous people there aren't respected as much as, like, or don't have the same rights as, like, lighter-skinned Latinos. Oh, my God. Okay. I just felt no, like it was important to say that. It is very important to say, but you also are saying it as if I am indicating that I have no knowledge that there are other individuals who are fighting for the rights. I'm only speaking about the topic that you and I spoke about because you never brought any of this up. Now I was responding to one of the things you said. The hell? <laughs> Chill. <laughs> <laughs> We're at a bar, okay? Bro, exactly, because this is where <laughs> this is where the shit, the rubber hit the the road. You over here, <laughs> you over here bringing up arguments that I didn't bring up. I was responding to one of your points. We can, no, but we it, can ask it, the listeners. But but it's a valid point that you bring, and I appreciate it. Um, and I'm glad that you speak for these communities. I don't speak for all exactly. Of them. <laughs> Not claiming to. <laughs> all right. So the other thing is, is that then that kind of talked up, that kind of raised us to, or got us to start talking about um, the Latin X and then the Latin. Latin. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Uh, Latin X. So there's two. There's so, the, oh, oh there's I the see, sorry. Latin X yeah, and yeah. then there's the L-A-T-I-N-E. Right. So the development of like the gender neutral. Correct terms to latino latina so there's latino latina then there was latinx mm -hmm. or latinx mm -hmm. um and then now there's people using latine latine is how yeah. you pronounce it okay yeah. and where where do you fall in that well to it's latine to my knowledge has been most recently being used so it's a pretty you know, I wouldn't say like new, but it's a pretty much like a fresher take on this gender neutral language on that particular term. And actually just like the Spanish language in general. So to me, having it being new, like I haven't embraced that term yet. Um, so I've uh, like as I've been using lately, like it's been Latinx as a term that I identify. All right. Why? Latino or Latinx. Why Latino or Latinx? Well, I use Latino because I identify as a man. I'm a cis man, so I use Latino. Mm -hmm. The O is appropriate to me, but when I refer to the communities that I'm like, you know, when when I'm making a general statement, I use Latinx because that's, to me, like that's been what I've been using for the last several years. And then there's a lot of people that use Latine now in, in terms of, I mean, in exchange for Latinx. So let me make sure I understand because I, I want to make sure I yeah. can follow this conversation. Are you saying that in your own personal space, you use Latino? Because when I use it to, to identify myself, yeah. Yeah. And when you are, let's say that we are in a group somewhere, mm -hmm. then you would refer to, instead of saying Latinos, right, you would say Latinx. Yes. Okay. And is that something that you've learned because of this whole movement about Latinx or what? Yeah, I learned it again in undergrad when I was like taking like queer studies, queer theory, and specifically like the intersections of queer theory and 
the Latino Chicano Chicano movement in the U.S. But isn't there okay? So that's what I wanted to talk about. Is is Latinx to your understanding a gender identity movement? Let me finish. Oh. Okay. <laughs> or is it about removing the perspective of the patriarchal kind of approach that Spanish takes, right? Because Mm -hmm. for instance, if there is a professor in the room and there's all females, you refer to them as professoras, right? Mm -hmm. But then there could be 40 females in the room and one male walk in and you automatically have to switch to the masculine, Mm -hmm. right? Is that, what is your understanding of where it lies? I think it's, I don't think it has to be either or. I feel like it's doing both for the very same reason that like we need gender neutral language to be inclusive of all genders. So it's about fighting the patriarchy, it's about fighting um, heteronormativity. And so it's both really, in my understanding. Okay. And what about the whole, what is your knowledge about the Chicano, Chicana? movement um i can't speak a lot to that i don't really identify as chicano or chicana but from my knowledge and again i don't really know a lot of it but based on what i know it's about uh, people mexican specifically mexican-american people um who wanted who needed to carve out their own identity because they were not mexican enough to be considered mexican by the mexicans or american enough to be considered american by the white Americans. And um, so it was just kind of like this in-between where people, I think specifically in California, and really like carved out this identity of being Chicana, Chicano, and which used to be a derogatory term used by people referring to them because of these like kind of like in-between experience that they were having. And so people embraced Chicano, Chicana. And it's probably not just in California. Again, I'm not really sure where it kind of originated. I just know that it was in the U.S. And I think that California had a big movement around the Chicano movement. Yeah, I think it was in the 60s or something, if I'm not mistaken. The Chicano Mm -hmm. movement began, I think, around 67. But I never really, yeah, I never really studied. I do know that my friend Pat in Albuquerque, she identifies as a Chicano. Now, or Chicana. Um, At least that's what she says now, Mm -hmm. you know. On, that's on Monday, but on Tuesday she <laughs> might say Mexican. <laughs> yeah, and, and but that's but but she was clear that she was Chicana, and so Chicana first. Yeah, so you know, I I have to respect what her identity is at that particular time and that particular moment on that particular day. Um, but okay, so um, what else you want to talk about on this topic? Well, I mean, since we're just talking about like this, how we just like I think that your friend is doing what I was also kind of kind of alluded to earlier that I use Latino in some contexts, but not all. And I use Mexican in some other situations and not all. And then I use like Latinx in others and I use Oaxacan in others and indigenous in others. Like it's just always like this label that we use for ourselves mm-hmm. always changes. So I don't know. That's really interesting to me. And I'm wondering, like, how does that show up for you? Does it show up in any ways in your experience? Like, because I, I don't use either word. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't say Mexican here and there? Uh, uh, <laughs> nah, 
No, no. I just say, you know, whatever. What do you want to be called? No, no. I mean, like for yourself. I'm not either. I know, I know you're I'm not. black. No, I know. But is that what you use? Black. Yeah. Black. I'm blackity <laughs> black, black, black. Okay. Black. <laughs> nice. Black. Okay. Now, I had the privilege of going to Africa. Beautiful people. And at least in the, the two countries that I... I visited, which was Senegal and the Gambia, mm-hmm. beautiful places, beautiful people, great energy. Um, but I do not identify as African-American, um, mainly because I think it is a term that folks try to give us to, um, I don't know, to placate to the fact that they just didn't want to deal with all the other bullshit that they didn't want to deal with, with how we got here in the first place. Now, mm-hmm. are my origins from Africa? Absolutely, right? And I, you know, I, I, I am one of those individuals, everyone's origins from Africa because Africa is the the land of um, all civilization. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I'm a individual who subscribe to the fact that Black folks um, kind of built this country, United States, to where it is. And there are other individuals of people of color who in, has enhanced it or have enhanced it and continue to enhance it. Um, but yeah, I identify as black because mm-hmm. I think there is strength in that. I think there is a sense of that is not a color, right? Mm-hmm. Because black technically is not a color, but it is the essence of who you are, the essence of the concept of anything that you see um and so you will see that before you see white you will see Mm -hmm. that before you see green because it is what it is and here's the beauty that i think that black has right is that individuals who can't see only see darkness but they are still able to thrive and be a part of the society and be beautiful individuals and see beauty in life and i think the color black well, technically, it's not a color, but the concept of black mm-hmm. just means all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. So wow, that is Beautiful. my perspective on it. Yeah, so, thanks yes. for sharing. That's really yeah. good. So I'm blackity black, black black, <laughs> black black. I'm black on Monday. I'm black on Tuesday. I'm black on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay. Any other questions for me? I was just curious as we were on that interchangeably. And you know, like again, the census track, black and African American is the same one. So, yeah, and I was wondering. I mean, it's also the same thing. A lot, of, a lot of people use it interchangeably, just like a lot of people use the concept of Spanish, Hispanic interchangeably, right? Yeah. And I do think I am learning or trying to be more open. Well, let me say it this way: I've always thought I was very open of accepting, learning new things about other folks' cultures, beliefs. Um, I have affinity to listen and go to Latin, Latino, Spanish, Hispanic, whatever you want to call it, because they say it all in this area. They call it all the mm-hmm. same. But I have a, a an, an affinity of the music. I have an affinity of just the food. Um, and, you know, my son is half Puerto Rican, so I want him to embrace that side of him as well. Um so yeah i don't know i've always been that way mm-hmm. for me personally yeah you know yeah give me some latin music love it first of all i i, I probably outdance most of y'all anyway 
oh. that are from that are indigenous <laughs> to Oaxaca. I come down there and <laughs> see. There's a, see, that's what Africa do to you, baby. The African <laughs> African soil will will have you know any move at any time of the day. Period. Dance off right, right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> hey, we're at the bar. Dance off. <laughs> okay. So wait, did we cover everything we said we were going to cover? Um, I think so. I don't know. Is there anything else? Any other questions? No, but you were kind of nervous and concerned. How do you feel? I mean, I feel good. I think that after a little um, easing into the conversation, it was good. I still feel a little like intimidated by just having this camera in front of me. But other than that, it's great. Okay. Because you also, because uh, just for, for full disclaimer, because I, I do like to be real. Full disclaimer. You did have some concerns about... Was I going to be respectful about the conversation or be like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, and throwing darts at you? What do you, what do you think? Um, I think that What's your you, assessment? I feel like you were very respectful in this moment. I'm always respectful. <laughs> you, you, you asked for my opinion and I just shared it. I think you're very respectful right now. In this moment, in this time, in this space. About this conversation, yeah. But it, it was honestly like I really enjoyed this conversation because I feel like we were able to get to, you know, a shared understanding about the different perspectives and stuff. And you pulled up that article that had, that that made us get to that resolution. But it's still even beyond that. Like, I think that this conversation was really interesting. And um, I love talking about this. I really do. Mm. Any like identity conversation is is interesting to me and learning more about also like, you know, what label and why lab, what why you use it because labels aren't labels are i think they they do some good but they also are can be harmful for many reasons like some labels and so it's just like i think like these things that we choose to use for ourselves are very interesting to dissect well and i also think that there is a desire a thirst here and and i yeah and let me just say, you know, I don't, I haven't did any research, so I, I can't tell you what other countries, yeah, how they are. But I think there's a desire and a thirst of acceptability and wanting to belong mm-hmm. here in America, right? And I think part of that is because we don't really truly have an identity as a country, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have folks who think they know what the identity is, hence DeSantis and everyone else who think they can throw away all the books they got to deal with anything that's not white. Um, but <laughs> you know, people struggle with that. And I think people struggle with that because we don't have enough of these intimate conversations where you truly can have a difference of opinion of difference in belief, a difference in perspective, but you can talk about it. You can learn about it. And you can understand why individuals feel a certain way, right? As human beings, I do think we need to be empathetic to other folks and so it's that concept of empathy that I think a lot of people lack in the day-to-day interactions with each other um but you know I know I could be an asshole but I I'm very (laughs) empathetic about I think people in general Mm -hmm. and I try to be thoughtful and my interaction with them and it may not come off that way immediately it may take me some time to get there and sometimes it's too late because I already turned someone off right mm-hmm. um and that's part of the growth that's part of the learning that's part of the experience and i'm just here to 
to ride the waves of life and two, I'm no longer here, babe. <laughs> ride them into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm no longer here, I can't do this. So I need to do it now before yeah. it's too late. Um, I feel like, yeah. yeah, I think that that's really important. Like the, um, like the growth piece, like just wanting to reflect on what you're hearing. And I feel like having a conversation like this, you know, whether I'm uncomfortable or you're uncomfortable or, you know, like looking at the cameras uncomfortable, whatever it is, like I think that people are open to or it opens the possibilities for others to listen and learn and be like open their curiosity to be like, oh, I want to like learn more about this or, you know, they touched on this or whatever. So I appreciate um, being invited to this cafe to talk about my experience and my um, perspective on on these identities. That'll be five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I should get some royalties from here. But uh, you know, yeah, these are little 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 things. But it's life, whatever. Yeah. Um. And anyhow, so that is the episode. That is episode. Don't know the number, but I will put it up <laughs> right there when I edit it. But it is called. I ain't Spanish. I appreciated the conversation. I want to thank my guest, Umberto. Thank you for having me. Do you want to say anything to the people before you uh, depart? No, but thanks for listening. Hopefully you learned something or there's something that challenged your thinking. Um, and maybe you want to challenge mine. You're talking about me? Appreciate it. No, the audience. You said uh, anything I want to say to the people. Because I was like, nah, bro, I'm good. <laughs> you ain't good. You ain't but I'm no, gonna edit that out. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next time, you know, here at Peeps Creek, we always have that conversation. And until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and converse. Peace and love.